turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. George Brockler back with you here, 710-KNUS. Um, listen, and great great job on the Thorpe Report, and you choose the news. Uh, we're in the news, and by we, I mean Colorado and specifically Denver in the news, as uh, our mayor travels to Washington, D.C. to hook up with the Democrats only part of the delegation, including, I saw all these pictures on social media, um, Senator Bennett, Senator Hickenlooper, uh Brittany Pedersen uh, didn't see her husband again. He remains hidden and uh, basking in the glow of that $300,000-plus contract to try to convince Jefferson County residents to further tax themselves. And then I think Jason Crow was in the picture as well. Why was our mayor in Washington, D.C.? It was to have hat in hand and to beg, I think, the Biden administration and clearly the legislature— for money to take care of an invited problem. Billy has found some of the sound for that. Billy, uh, do you have that clip of our mayor doing the uh, here's why I'm here thing? Oh, yeah, sorry. I should have warned you. Uh, the migrant crisis and how we can bring mayors together to really push the Congress and the federal government to take action on what we need, which are federal resources to help migrants that are arriving to Denver and, critically, expanding work authorization so that migrants that arrive in Denver can get jobs and support themselves, which is what they've asked most urgently to be able to do. So we are bringing together a host of mayors from across the country to push for that federal action we need to help solve this crisis for cities. That uh, that's Mayor Mike Johnson. Hey, Billy, do you know, do we know when we have him scheduled to come back in? Huh. Interesting. Um, I uh, I listened to this thing, and I know that there are other mayors out there kind of doing the same thing. And again, it's it's a bit offensive because no, not a bit. It's incredibly offensive given the fact that every mayoral candidate running to replace Mayor Hancock embrace the idea that we were going to remain a sanctuary city. I, I had the opportunity to be on the Colorado politics recording earlier this week for Fox 31. It ends up playing on Sunday. And one of the questions that was asked, and they always have like a conservative Republican person and a not conservative Democrat person and answer the questions. And what was was striking to me was the difference in answers and the difference in approaches. I led off by saying, what if Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis had not started busing all of these immigrants, legal or otherwise, to these sanctuary cities? I mean, imagine that. to, To some extent, this is heroic because until Denver got crushed with 30, 36,000 migrants, and they didn't just walk up here from the border, that got bussed up here by Governor Abbott and others, would any of these people be out in D.C. saying, hey, we have a border crisis? 
Nope, not a single one of them. We'd be sitting back taking care of our couple hundred immigrants who uh, break their way into the country and slip up here, demanding that they be given uh, health insurance and high-paying jobs. Now we're overwhelmed. Those numbers, I mean, the 180-something million, what was it, 10 to 15% of Denver's budget? The only thing that has gotten the attention of these liberal mayors in going to D.C. and asking the president and Congress to do something were two Republican governors who said, enough, we're not going to be victims of this failed policy by ourselves. We're going to drag some people down with us. Like, you think you want to be a sanctuary city? Try this on for size. I think it's fantastic because we do have a border crisis. Whether it comes to Denver or stays all down there in El Paso and the surrounding area is irrelevant. We have a border crisis. This just brings attention to it. It was brilliant. It was a brilliant move. And to hear Governor Pritzker from Illinois and Adams from Manhattan and and even Mike Johnson and others wailing away at how this is going to cripple the city and our budget and all this other stuff, it's like, yes, welcome to Texas. So this this border issue, in many ways, may be the it is the most important issue facing a presidential candidate. I, I think it's going to be that way because the economy. Listen, I know people feel like the economy is is horrible, and there are people that are still recovering from the uh, COVID-imposed, pandemic-imposed crippling of certain sectors. That's true, but by most measures, our economy ain't that bad. It's not that you don't feel it individually. I'm not telling you that even though gas has gone down, by the way, quite a bit. I know when I fill up at the pump now, I'm hovering somewhere in that $3 range. And you remember when it was up almost a buck more than that. It's not horrible. Not as good as when it was when Trump left office. I get that. Um, but the you know the taxes, the assessed property value taxes here in Colorado are going to crush people, punch them right in the wallet. I get that. But the economy itself, it's the perception that's driving us. The economy itself, by most measures, not horrible. So what is it that you look to to say these are the drivers of crisis? These are the things that need to change. And the border, securing the border, is one of them. And guess when it was before? Eight years ago, when Donald Trump was running. If you'll remember, that was a huge issue. That he addressed. It became in many ways his marquee issue as he ran around and said, I'm going to build a wall and I'm going to get Mexico to pay for it. Joked around about the big Ed McMahon check and all that other stuff. Neither of those things happened. Now, I know some of you are going to say he did build wall. He did replace bad wall. Yep, that you're right. He did. He built 47 miles of new wall and replaced the, the failing wall on hundreds of miles. I get all that stuff, but he did not complete the wall. That was a pledge, and he did not get Mexico to pay for it. And please don't text in and say, in a roundabout way, he did, because there is no roundabout way. They either paid for it or they didn't, and they didn't. But here we are eight years later, and the crisis is as bad, maybe worse than it has ever been. Hell, a year ago next month, uh, 710, we were all down in El Paso, That was back when we had three local weekday hosts. It was me, Deb, and Stefan. And we went down there, and it sucked back then. So you have Donald Trump coming forward, and Billy, did you find the, the link, or was there sound? I can't remember, but he is quoted in some of the stuff that I saw talking super strong about what he wants to do with deportations and stuff like that. Did you? I haven't heard any audio. I've only seen things printed. And, and again, the odd thing and is this is the same callback to what he was talking about during the 
previous run. He was saying a lot of these same things. He had promised in the 2015 run that he was going to deport all of them. That was part of his promise during that time. I'll see if I can find the – I don't think there's any audio. I haven't seen any yet, but I'll keep looking. He has also, even this time around, talked incredibly strongly about deporting everyone. Now, this is all taking place. You've got Mayor Johnston in Denver. Uh, now moved on to Washington, D.C. for purposes of asking for more of our tax money to be redirected down here. We see that. But at the same time, the Republicans in the Senate are working with the Dems in a way to try to come up with some type of immigration compromise. And that immigration compromise is tied to Ukrainian funding, some Israeli funding for all the stuff going on overseas there. And it sounds like the Senate is close. But then the president weighs in. Even Newt Gingrich has weighed in to tell the House, don't do it. Do not do it. Don't compromise. You should do everything. You should get everything we want to secure this border, or you should vote no on this. I don't think that's going to happen in the Senate. I think John Thune, who's the number two to Mitch McConnell, has said just not helpful. We need the funding for Israel. We need the funding for Ukraine. We're just not in a position to just simply walk away from the table because it's no longer just about immigration. And so they're trying to come up with a way to fix all these things at once or at least make them temporarily fixable. And so you you, uh, have this situation now where we have 36,000 in one year 36,000 in one year in Denver. If President Trump is reelected, and I think the guy is going to be nominated, and I think the guy is going to get reelected, and I think immigration policy is going to change, and I think it is for the better if what it means is when you come to seek asylum, you're going to wait outside the border till we figure this out. And if you're going to have to wait outside the border to figure this out, Um, I just think all the better for us. But here's the big question I want to ask of you. Here's the big question. What do we do with the 36,000 that are here? What do we do with them? Right? Like, let's say we're able to shut down the border, and that has to be the focus. For all the people that are out there saying we should be able to figure out a way to create a path for legal citizenship, that's, that's a different part of the book. That's the epilogue to the book How do we control immigration? That's not the prologue. The entire book should be about how do we control our borders and prevent anybody else from coming here that we don't want here. That's just how it works. So shelve that conversation. Those two things cannot be handcuffed together. But I do think it's a legitimate question to ask while we figure out how to do this. What do we do with those that are here? And I think about that a lot because uh, especially the ones that are here legally, and I think a lot of people conflate, well, they're the people from south of the border. They're all illegal immigrants. They're not all illegal immigrants. Because of Biden's very permissive, if you came from Venezuela or these other handpicked countries, you're able to come across here as refugees, as asylum seekers. Because of that little blessing, some of them are here legally, whether we like it or not. I don't like it. I don't like it if they're going to come here and have to wait four or five years in order to get a hearing on whether they should be here. And you remember from John Fabricatore uh, when we talked about uh, uh, the border stuff, 
he had said like the a huge percentage of those people that go seeking asylum go to court and the court says yeah you don't qualify but we've let you live here for five years and make babies and all that other stuff but from a christian standpoint from a humanitarian standpoint and that's the answer that the the democrat lady gave on the fox 31 colorado politics show i did her response was first and foremost we have to treat them humanely that wasn't my first reaction it isn't even now but i do wonder what is the answer what do you do with the 36,000 that's just for denver what do you do with the 36,000 303-696-1971 what is the answer if you're a person who goes to church or reads the Bible or adheres to any version of Christianity or some other faith that asks you to help the downtrodden or those in need and all that other stuff. What do you do with them? What, what do we do? Are we gathering them up and shipping them back south? Call me and let's talk about that. Do we owe them something? Having had this failed policy from the Biden administration, do we here owe them something? Is it their fault? And I thought about this while I was doing this uh, this interview with this uh, lady on Fox 31, was do we blame them? They came to the border. That's all on them. But we invited them in once they got there. We told them it was okay for them to be here. The illegals, I feel completely differently. If you broke into the country, we should be able to round you up and ship you out. There are people that have waited in line for years to get in here who have just as righteous a cause of being here as the people that self-select to break our laws and come in here. I really have very little sympathy. Please don't tell me they're escaping the economic debt. I don't care. That would be the same thing as saying, hey, I walked out of Walmart with a grocery cart full of food because my kids are in need. You're still a thief. We'll talk about sentencing, but you're still a thief. Hang on, folks. Point of personal privilege here. Hey, boys. I love you. I'll see you guys tonight. Do great things today in school. Eat your lunch. Sorry about that. That's uh, one of the obligations of doing the show from home as the kids get ready to take off for school. Um, also, watching my son leave in shorts, a long sleeve shirt, shorts, and a hat in this weather, and I feel like a bad parent, but I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what I say. If I tell this kid, hey, it's cold out there. He's like, yeah, but I'm only walking from the car to the school. And I'm like, what if the car doesn't make it? What if the car breaks down? What if there's a fire alarm? What if the... <laughs> It's like talking to an inanimate object. They look back at you like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess when you're 14, that's how the world looks. Um but, but having said that, for those who are poorly dressed, what do we owe these people? Morally, not legally. There, there is a legal thing we owe them once we invite them in and we give them legal status. That's true. But morally, do we owe them anything and what is it? 303-696-1971 is our phone number. Getting some texts in as well. Uh, let me take a look at this right here. Oh, we do have callers. Billy, if you texted me, man, forgive me. I, I'm not rocking the two things as well as I should be right now. Uh, who do we have? Let's get Brian from Arvada, our friend. You're on 710 KNUS. Brian, how are you? Hey, George. Good morning. Uh, I got a 13-year-old son, and he left the house yesterday with shorts on, and I just shook my head 
and, and I said, are you going to be cold? And he just shook his head like I was crazy. I and like you said, he just said I had to walk just from the car to school. And yeah, yeah, it's and so, it's such a short-term thinking, isn't it? Like, I, well, I'm only going 10 feet. It doesn't even matter feet. what it's you like, say Dude. either. Yeah, nope, and you could be it. as common sense as possible, and they look at you like you're crazy. So I, I just, I still, I'm still a dad and still say the things I say, but I know I'm going to get the response I'm going to get. Um, the, there, there's going to the, be, the, the thing that we should feel good about, Brian, is there's going to be a day where they will be us and they'll be looking at their kids thinking the same thing and they'll be like, what's gotten into these kids? It's like, no, no, it's part of being a teenage boy. You are just smarter than the elements. And, and Brian <laughs> and, and Brian and Jordan, that, that's the point in which when you have the grandkids, then you dress those grandkids inappropriately and send them home. Sam, just following what you did. That's it. I mean, I've told them, and just, just to share, guys, I, I've, I've told my kids their very first place that they get alone, the very first time they have their own apartment, condo, house, whatever it is, I am going to come over. And previously, I will have ingested maybe a gallon and a half of water. I'm going to walk into their bathroom. I will lift up the toilet seat. I will drop trowel, <laughs> close my eyes, and then whatever happens, happens because I've cleaned and then up enough. And try to do a hula hoop. Yes, you know <laughs> exactly. Okay, I'm gonna go back to my own weirdness, but I had so, to say that's that. That's great, Brian. I know you didn't call in to talk about whizzing on your on your kid's floor, but uh, <laughs> what uh, no, what do you think about payback. all this immigration stuff? Well, George, it's 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 a mess, and we all know it. Um, now these sanctuary cities are are complaining that we can't handle this. Uh, well, you were sanctuary city, so I guess you got to handle it. And it it's systematically set up, George. I mean, no no incompetent. Mayorkas, it's it's uh, it's a big plot and a plan to let people in. What what they want to do with these people, I don't know. Um, is it to get votes? I don't know. Is it to crash the system? What, what, I don't what know. Do you, I mean, that that's interesting because I do think there's some deliberation here for sure. For sure, but what's the end goal? If it's not to make them voters, what's the end goal? Uh, I think it's to uh, just divide the country. I think it's to bring people in that don't care. The Democrats don't care about this country, most of them. They want to change, fundamentally change this country. One way to do it is break down the family. Another way is to break down the church and religious uh, institutions. The other way is to break down society where we all nobody assimilates and we're all just different people and and votes. I, I think it's all about votes. I really do. No one's this incompetent. I mean, and, and to say one thing, George, like under Trump, he did try. He, he did try. He did, Mexico was never going to pay for it. I know he said some crazy things, but he did try. And illegal border crossings were down tremendously. I just got statistics. It was right around. It was lower than Obama, and but Biden's like tripled it and quad, almost quadrupled it at this point. Um, illegal border crossings. So, well, so just that. I'm glad you brought alone, up the stats George. thing be, because I I didn't remember this, Brian. You might, but Billy did uh, before we got on the air and said, "Hey, man, you should really check out the number of deportations under Obama yeah. versus Trump." And the, the numbers were like, yeah, yeah, the numbers are huge. Yeah. Uh, Obama did way more. Did, 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 I mean, almost Boy, again. He, I thought it was, I thought it was much higher. Uh, the, but I went back and I looked in uh, problems with graphs. But basically, Obama did roughly twice, if not a little bit more. Well, here's it. This is yeah. just in one Wall Street Journal article. Yeah. It says, uh, and they were trying to compare similar times in administrations. It said uh, under Obama, removals hit a record of four hundred nine thousand in two thousand and twelve. In 2018, under DJT, it was only 256,000. So 
big difference. But if, if yeah, I was listening to one of yeah, Obama's speeches. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, the State of the Unions during his first term, and he 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 addressed immigration. And what he he sounded like a Republican. He sounded like what we want to do even better. He was talking about if you're a criminal, we're you're going back. We're going to have work release. You got to come the right way. Listen to one of his State of the Union speeches. I listened to it last night. I don't know which one it was. It was in his first term. And Obama sounded. I'm I'm sitting there going, where where the, where's the left gone? This guy was actually talking better than than Trump even. And I don't even like Obama. I think he's the worst president ever. And. That's why this all has to be on issues, George. It all has to be and about issues. It's got to be like Trump said, build the wall last time. We got to control crime and illegal immigration. The 36,000 that are here, George, you know what they're doing? Go to a Walmart parking lot like I do, and yeah. they'll approach you and ask you for work. Go to any inter- major intersection. I was on Mississippi By the way, that, you're, Brian, you're right. That, that happened to me last week. I was in Denver and dudes running as soon as the the light turned red. I think it was either to get on or off the highway. I can't remember. Dudes running out from the side with their squeegees. Oh, and they're uh, everywhere. Looking Those for looking for money way. to clean off their windshield. Yeah, they're all the way from Mississippi and Federal. I got all the way to Colfax and Wadsworth. The exact all these major intersections, exact same thing. And I'm like, this is where the immigrants are because the rec centers are full, the shelters are full trying to convert schools i mean come on what what are we doing that's an issue george we can easily win on easily win on i'm of a mind i always thought it was a top three issue but for me right now it feels like it's number one just because it has gotten so exponentially worse and it appears there is no will to end it in sight, which means whatever, 36,000 in one year in Denver, 36,000. We can't wait another one to two, three years to figure this thing out. That's just Denver. Uh, this to me has become maybe the number one issue for anyone seeking the presidency. I think Trump has picked up on that, but the rhetoric has got to be backed up this time with some action. And again, I, I have no doubt, Brian, that he's going to reinstitute that stay outside till we let you inside policy for asylum seekers, which I fully endorse. But the other stuff matters to me, too. Well, buses coming here, George, for me, means buses going back. I'm, I'm sorry. It's a broken system. Blame the Democrats. Uh, but when we start deporting people, then they'll start blaming the Democrats. Now that they're accepting everyone, oh, the Democrats, my friend, you know, and I'm Hispanic, George, and I'm Christian. And I'm Native American. And my mom is the one eight years ago that said, I'm voting for Trump because I'm sick of this immigration. My mom's a third generation. Brian, this is is a good good place to pivot. I'm glad you brought this up. What would you or mom or anyone else in your position, what do we do with those who are here? And I don't mean the illegals. I'm less concerned about that for purposes of this conversation. What do we do with the ones that Biden and Mayorkas have blessed off on because they come from Venezuela or some other handpicked country? Well, I, I, I will revert back to what Obama said in his first term. He's like, if you've been here more than five years, you're not going to be deported. And we're going to find a way to get you. Have you stay. And But uh, all bets were off for everybody under that number. And that was Obama speaking. Like seven, six years, six, seven years ago, or, or actually longer than that. 2000, it would have been his first term, so it would have been 10 years ago. So that's what 
we should be doing, George, is sending them back. I have a heart, but my family's more important, and the citizens of this country are more important than people I don't know that got misinformed and came here without a plan or without a hope, hoping the Democrats were going to take care of them for the rest of their lives. I'm, I'm sorry. You got misled, oh, but you got to go back. You got to go back. And I'm a, like I said, I'm, I'm a Christian, and I, and I feel bad for him. But I feel worse for this country and my family and my community than I do for these people. I'm sorry. But the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, George. I mean, I'll, I'll quote Spock. Let, let, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's common sense. It's yeah. common sense. You know, well, there, there's also the one sacrificing for the many at the end of Dickens' Tale of Two Cities. It's a far better thing that I do than I have ever done. It's a far better rest that I go to than I've ever known. But I don't even think we're asking them to do that. I think what we're asking them to do is, hey, can pretty please for a moment, don't expect anything from a place you broke into. Like, don't have expectations. And I'm, the problem is, Brian, you're right. And thanks for the phone call, man. We're up against it. Um, have a great weekend, Brian, um, that we invited them in. And now what? What do we do? And, and Brian, it said, look, it's this old policy of if you've been here five years. These people haven't been here five months, some of them. What, what do we do with them? You invite them. They travel by foot, by bus, by I don't know what. For thousands of miles from Venezuela up here, we let them in. They feel like they're in the land of milk and honey. Now what? Do we say, hey, new president, new tune. You guys got to go back. 303. 303- 696-1971. Aaron, Tony, I promise I'm going to get to you. I just got to cut away for a quick break here. Uh, and in order to do that, I got to tell you about Rocky Mountain Men's Clinic. Um, I- I've told you this now every day for, man, weeks. And that is in 2024, it's time to stop wondering, are you just going to be able to will that energy back into your body? You're just going to be able to turn off enough lights and not look at your phone and all the sleep's going to come pouring back. It may be something beyond that kind of control. It may not be a function of will. It may be a function of ability. That's not your fault. That's just nature. It just happens. And if you're going to try to fix that, why not go to the experts at Rocky Mountain Men's Clinic who have done for so many others, for for hundreds, thousands of others, let them do for you what they've done for them. Go to the website, RockyMountainMensClinic.com, do the 10-question true-false quiz. takes only two minutes, and it will tell you whether or not you may be eligible for this. Pick up the phone and call them at 720-440-7900, 720-440-7900. If the low testosterone thing is keeping you from living your best life, there's a fix. You can either avoid it, pretend it doesn't exist, or just choose not to do it. But put yourself in a position to know more and maybe do more. $99 initial medical consult with their experts, but it gets rolled into the cost of the treatment if you sign up for it. Go to RockyMountainMensClinic.com, RockyMountainMensClinic.com. When we come back, we're going to get back to our callers, Aaron, Tony, whoever took over for Brian's line at 303-696-1971. It's George Brockler, 710. KNUS. George Brockler back with you here. 710-KNUS. Immigration. Uh, In the news every single day on our minds, on mine in particular, maybe the number one issue facing America at the moment. Um... Our mayor in Denver, 
out in D.C. hat in hand asking for money to help pay for the failed policy decisions both of Denver to declare itself a sanctuary city and of the Biden administration by allowing so many folks in through our southern border, both legally and illegally. It's changing America. We're now at crisis levels in terms of our ability to even fund basic government operations because of the tax that has been imposed upon us by this failed policy. Talk about what to do about it. I'd love to get your thoughts at 303-696-1971. If it's busy, I'll let you know when a line becomes open. But more than that, and we have to get to this part of the conversation, is what do we do with those who are here? What do we do with the ones, especially the ones that are here legally? Even if you and I would not have blessed off on them being under the Assam thing, somebody with authority did, and now they're here. What now? Let's go right to the phone lines. Aaron, you're on 710 KNUS. Aaron, what do you think? Uh, they, uh, I don't know about the ones here legally. I mean, that's debatable. But the thing is, well, obviously the ones here illegally uh, have to be sent back. Uh, this country's broke. We can't afford it. The, uh, the 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 uh, the city of Denver is broke. Mike Johnson, the newly elected mayor, is promoting backdoor amnesty. That doesn't cut it. Ron, former President Ronald Reagan tried to do the right thing when it came to amnesty. He got screwed. Uh, uh, it's no surprise he got screwed by the 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 uh, the diabolical dumb donkey party. But he got screwed by his own party, the rhinos within the Republican Party. Screwed Ronald Reagan. So history always finds a way to repeat itself. This it, amnesty didn't work then. It's not going to work now. So, you know, for uh, for the newly elected uh, mayor of Denver, Colorado, to go to Washington and think he's going to get some money uh, uh, from a broke federal government that is $33 trillion in debt, it's ridiculous. Even, 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 if, the, even if the federal government was... Three trillion dollars in debt. I, I, I mean, it'd be a blessing if the federal government was three trillion dollars in debt. I could live with that. Maybe, maybe he would go uh, and get some money, uh, 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 and, and they would put some of that uh, uh, taxpayer money in his hat, and he can come back here and Denver with it. But this country is thirty-three trillion dollars in debt. Uh, uh, the state of Colorado. Well, you're right about that. I don't want it to sound like that's because of immigration. It's because of a whole bunch of other policy decisions. But you're right. Our ability to be flexible here with these failed policy decisions, pretty hampered by our other choices. Oh, no question about it. And it's so frustrating uh, uh, because the thing is, though, when when Trump was in there for four years, and, of course, he, he, here we go again. Trump was doing the right thing. But it's no surprise he got he he got resistance from the, uh, the dumb, from the dumb donkey party, you know. But he got resistance from what's in his own party, and that was frustrating to see that four years trying to trying to build a wall, you know, saying you know, saying that Mexico was going to pay for it. Yeah, it all sound crazy. It, it didn't, but it didn't matter. When you when when you come into that office, you got to do some crazy stuff because what what was going on wasn't working you know so 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 george who's who's benefited from this illegal immigration what what do you you think george who's benefited who's benefited from it george well a couple a couple different groups and you know what jim our libertarian friend would call in and tell you Mm. that corporate america loves them some cheap labor and that's why this is been this is what's beneficial to them i think for the Mm -hmm. democrats I honestly believe this is their attempt long term to shift the political and demographic dynamics such that they remain 
perpetuously in power. And and I don't I don't mean that as a, a conspiracy. I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it's just an agreed upon policy. And I think that they can couch it in terms of we're being humane and we're living up to the ideals espoused on the pedestal of the Statue of Liberty. You know, give us your tired, huddled masses, all this other stuff. I think they can wrap it up in that. But at the end of the day, they want to change the dynamic of America. They want a people that will be more dependent upon them and government and reward them with their votes and keep them in power long term. And while I don't I don't agree with those who say mm. these people hate America and want to destroy America, I really honestly believe they don't like the America that exists today. They weren't fond of the one before, but they love the country enough to want to change it into something that they think is is right. And I'm aghast at at how they see America. I mean, how they want America to be is just contrary to nobody came over from Europe, by the way, to settle this country with these ideals in mind, with, with the idea that the government was going to take care of them. It was the opposite. It was just, please get off my neck. Yeah. And so here we are at a place where we're just inviting people in to become dependent upon, I, I don't know, Aaron, it's, uh, it's bugging the hell out of me. Yeah, well, the thing is, so uh, these illegal aliens leaving these these dirtbag banana Republican, uh, the the leadership in these countries are unethical, no morals, no values, and yet they're invading this country that supposedly is systematically racist, that it has no ethics and no morals and no values. Well, honestly, uh, this country does have morals. This country does have ethics. It does have morals and values. And as a result, this country is being invaded. And the thing is, though, when it's all said and done, uh, history has a way of repeating itself. They will be deported back to the country where they were born on planet Earth. And hopefully, when it's all said and done, we can start cleaning up uh, America. Charity begins at home. American citizens come first. American citizens come first. But anyway, George, I could go on and on and on. You have a good morning. Aaron, thanks for the call, and have a great weekend. Aaron's line is open at 303-696-1971. Tony, you're on 710 KNUS. Tony, what do you think? Hey, good morning. Good morning. I, uh, it's interesting conversation. I, it's two issues for me. First of all, we've got now the Senate. Republicans, Democrats trying to come to an agreement on a policy and and really pressed probably because they all recognize the urgency of getting making sure that Ukraine remains funded. So, I mean, everybody's motivated to get something done. And you may recall back in about 2012, the Gang of Eight, right? The Gang of Eight, the leadership. Yeah. Yeah, they put together they put together a a unanimously approved immigration policy but at that what time you, what the do you mean Party by unanimous up and down. what do you mean by unanimous? all eight of all eight four four republicans okay. four democrats wrote a wrote a policy and wanted to take it then to the to the whole body right. and the tea party had jumped up and down and said no 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 we cannot cooperate with democrats we can't do that and that died i mean even republican writers of it then walked away from the deal because they it was too politically explosive well here we are right now You've got de- Democrats and Republicans in the Senate uh, saying we need to get this done, and they're going to make they're all going to bend, and they're going to they're all going to probably do things they don't really like, um, but they're they want to get this done. And what do we have? We have a, we have Trump for one standing on the outside saying don't don't do a deal, 
don't do a deal. Don't do a deal unless you get 100% of what you want, which basically, if they follow that, then nothing's going to get done again. And that would be disappointing. So I've got my fingers crossed on that issue that they, whatever they whatever package they put together, let's let's sign off on that and let's have Republicans and Democrats both I, saying this is the best plan we've got for now. I don't, and, and I don't it think it's include... going to make it through the Republican, the House. I just don't think it's going to make it through the House. And, you know, there's another sticking point that they're trying to work through on the Senate side. You may have read this, Tony. And that was this idea of this parole, and I'm using air quotes on camera here. There's a parole authority, discretion, that the president has to grant, kind of like on an emergency basis, entry into the country from, you know, for any country under extreme circumstances. And we've used it for folks from Afghanistan, folks from Cuba, you know, all those kinds of things, like Mariana Boatlift stuff. The Republicans are wary of allowing this president with this DHS secretary the unfettered authority to make those decisions. So right now, the the push and pull between the Biden administration and the Republicans in the Senate is hang on. We want to limit your ability to exercise that discretion because our worry is you're just going to invent some crisis like in Venezuela and say, and now everyone from Venezuela can come here. We don't want so, you to do that. Had you heard that? So if the, if the Senate, it, then if the Senate Democrats and Republicans can somehow get together, even if he loses that privilege as a part of the negotiation, then so be it. Then take that package and try and get try and get both parties in the in the House to to sign off on it. It would be the. That would be the best thing that could happen for us. I mean, you know, we, we let's not dismiss. Do, do you the know idea what the package they, does? Do you know what the Senate? I, package I don't know. Does? At what this stage, be? I don't. I don't know what all the elements are, and I'm. I'm sure that whatever Biden may want, Republicans that they that they hate, they're he's going to have to compromise. And I'm. And both parties are in the mood to compromise to get this deal done. So I, I I'm going to trust that it's going to come out as something I might not even like. But so be it. If, if that's progress, and right now we need some progress, and having both parties put a bill forward would be an awfully good thing to, because we haven't had that. We had one, you know, got close in 2012, and then it died. So well, now let's now now the urgency is there. Let's get something done. So that's that's just you know that, that's just an issue. I hope that they they get this deal done. And I haven't followed every component and what each side wants. I'm sure that they're going to push back and forth, and there's going to be give and take. And whatever it is, it is is only going to be a half measure, but it's better than nothing. And 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 that's kind of the way democracy works. And I'm hoping they get there. Now on the issue of deporting, I. I I heard your previous caller, and and I know Trump is talking about deporting. You know, we're going to deport the illegals. And I, yep. I had I had occasion in 2012 to I started down this path of going down this path of writing a screenplay about an authoritarian leader that emerged that said we're going to deport everybody, all the illegals. And and the only reason I'm bringing this up is I started I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this and. So at that time, we had 12 million. Well, I thought, OK, if you, if you put 60 people on a bus and send them over the border sure. and and drop them off, you would have to run a bus of gather them up. This would be something this would be something on the magnitude of Hitler moving around Europe to concentration camps. But he did it with about six million people. We'd be talking about 12 million people of 
far vaster distance, and, and the numbers are, are just staggering. So if you put 60 people on a bus, give, let them take one suitcase and, and take them across, drop them on the other side of the border, you'd have to run a bus every 10 minutes, 24 hours a day, seven days a week yeah. for four years. You would ultimately create. Well, we the, could do more the, than one bus at a time, and we could do trains. Uh, no, you know, I said like every ten minutes. Are in love with every trains. ten minutes, you th- every ten minutes, twenty-four hours a day for four years. You in, in at the end of the first yeah. month, you'd have a you'd have a refugee camp of one hundred and fifty thousand people. By by after six months, you'd you'd have you'd have a million people. You I know, think as, the if logistics they did all this first. Yeah, yeah, Tony, I think the logistics matter. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and thanks for the phone call, Tony. Got to cut away for a break. But I'm not sure that should palsy us from doing it. The fact that we've made the situation so bad and so hard to undo means we don't undo it. I don't know. But, you know, you've got the, the quote unquote dreamers and uh, who, some will call them dreamers. Some will call them anchor babies. Kind of doesn't matter. You're talking about kids who are by definition, by legal definition, by constitutional definition, um, citizens of America. Do you separate their parents from them? I mean, the, the, what do we do with the 36,000 that are here? What do we do with the ones that are here legally as we continue to talk about enforcing our border laws? Uh, Bob, we're going to get to you and the other callers at 303-696-1971. Stick around. George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brockler back with you here, 710 KNUS. Yeah, I've done it. I've gotten us all the way to the end of the show and not enough time. But here's the deal. I promise you, Bob and Dean and everyone else calling in to fill in those lines at 710 KNUS. That's 303-696-1971. We're, we're going to get to you. We're going to keep this topic going. It's just too important. I just don't want to put someone on air and then cut them off before we can have a full conversation. I want to hear your thoughts on this. I do. I, listen, I'm slow, but I'll get there. Uh, I'm convinced this is deliberate and not in that conspiratorial way, not like everyone's got together, not not in that way. But I do think this is a deliberate policy shift by those who see these people coming across the border as folks that will become dependent upon the government as an extension, the Democrats, and will help them to remain in power. I I think that's got to be part of this analysis. I also think that this may be the crisis issue of the moment um, that we can't afford to to screw up anymore. And I think as long as Biden and Mayorkas are unwilling to address it, Donald Trump is going to win this thing, maybe by a decent number, just on that issue. What do we do about those who are here? George Brockler, 710 KNUS.